three, two, one, go! Hi, everybody. Welcome to The Real Hue Podcast. It's your host, Blaine Ward. I'm back again. Sorry about the little hiatus. Um, you know, classes are ending, finals are starting, the break is beginning, but we're here, we're ready, we're back. And here with me today, a returning guest to the pod, my buddy Aaron. Aaron, how are you, man? I'm pretty good. Good, as you should, as you should. What if you were just like, I'm doing terrible. <laughs> yeah, this, I'm, this sucks. Yeah. Un- <laughs> you're like, I don't want to... <laughs> Unhappy to be here right now. Yeah, you're like, oh, I can't believe you wrote me into this. We, I, I need to have a guest who's just really like unhappy to be here. I think that's the next logical really, step. Like a curmudgeon. <laughs> yeah, I need to get like a Scrooge type, you know, be like, mm. like <laughs> exactly. See, that's what I need. That's that, that's the way to liven up the pod after all this time. Christmas episode with Ebenezer Scrooge. See, there you go. That'd be perfect. That'd be in character. Or I just hire like an actor to be Scrooge or something like that. I'm like, guys, look, it's Scrooge, but it's not. Um, I mean, they can't see him. It's just exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell. In the pod, it just says featuring Scrooge. Um, anywho, enough of my rambling. So the new Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man No Way Home, is coming out. And I'm not excited, not excited for it. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> not, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I don't care about it, but I will be seeing it because I don't want to get spoiled. Um, however, you know, there's rumors that Toby McGuire and Andrew Garfield are going to show up. And, you know, that piques a little bit of my interest. So uh, these next few weeks, I'm going to be doing a segment on the pod. And maybe it's not a segment, but it's just a long-term uh, retrospective on the Spider-Man movies. And Aaron, uh, you and I are going to talk the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. Sorry if you uh, evil listeners are thinking this is going to be a hot take pod. It's not. These are just facts. Um, yeah. And you're all wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> wrong, I next, say. Um, <laughs> next week's podcast is going to suck when you talk about the Andrew Garfield ones. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how it's said. I haven't rewatched him in a bit, so maybe I'll have some <laughs> interesting opinions. I like Andrew Garfield. I like him. Um, now, Aaron, well, yeah, so when when it comes to the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, like, just in general, what sticks out to you that kind of elevate these among other, like, tape flicks? I mean, mostly the fact that they, I, they take risks, especially the first one. It just mm-hmm. feels so much like, I don't know, for a, for a superhero movie. I guess it was before the big superhero boom, too. Yeah. So it was before, like, all the conventions of those were set and stuff. But still, it goes, like, so far outside of them. And, like, has just really corny things or just, like, things that you would not expect to be in a Marvel movie. After seeing that ones now, like the wrestling scenes exactly spider-man just in a wrestling (laughs) ring it's just like really absurd and funny right and for the first like half of the movie he doesn't even have his spider suit it's just like a red like ski mask yeah (laughs) just i don't know stupid things like that just that are in the movie just make it feel so much like more interesting than than other ones absolutely i think this it definitely helps that we're not like back in i think the first one came out in 2002 um you know we weren't oversaturated with uh you know comic book movies um yeah we had we had you know obviously uh, a lot of pc stuff like batman and superman and even the x-men i think had uh a movie in there before but like this was the first one that really kind of catapulted 
that whole genre just because like nobody really knew who spider-man was i'm saying like general public marvel nerds yeah. please don't shoot me um nobody knew who spider-man was before this movie right nobody ever yeah well yeah <laughs> <laughs> they're like is he a human spider what's going on here this sounds is this Cronenberg. um this is a new movie uh no but yeah i don't know and there's something just very nostalgic could be a word but i don't know it there's it's, it's a very patient movie you know yeah and uh, I, I guess that'll just transition us into the first one. Um, but, like, a lot of times you hear, oh, this looks just like a comic book. But especially that first one, like, there are scene transitions and shots that really feel ripped out of a page. Yeah. And I'll say now, the first one is by far my favorite. Okay, interesting. All right. And why? And why, I, I why is that? Why is that? I don't, it feels, I mean, as I said, it feels like, it feels very unconventional. Like, I feel like the second two, like the two and three yeah. set some conventions that were used in later Spider, or, or later like Marvel films and stuff. Mm-hmm. They kind of set like tropes and conventions of those movies. I feel like the first one is like stands outside of that even more. Like, sure. It feels, I, I don't think it was, it, it wasn't low budget. It definitely wasn't, but it feels kind of low budget almost like absolutely it's, it's like an indie yeah. movie with a superhero it, it, it does feel like that yeah i mean <laughs> that's just kind of sam raimi's style i think the other impressive thing about it is like we spend so much time in these movies like just you know like with peter as opposed to spider-man you know yeah. and it really like not a lot of movies take time to like flesh out the supporting characters but there's so much like going on with all the characters in this movie oh that, yeah like when do you ever talk about like the relationship dynamics in a superhero movie you know it 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 works i mean it does that throughout all three and it's great right yeah Yeah. whether it's like peter and mj or peter and harry or harry and his father and peter and norman osborne and peter and uncle ben like there's so much going on that it's just really i don't know it's special the fact that you're able to like i don't know care about characters it just makes the world feel lived in you know Another reason I like the first one so much, Will, Willem Dafoe. Just oh, he's amazing in the first <laughs> one. He's so he's not only like obviously he's dialing up the camp, but like he's actually like just going for it in every scene. Like yeah, just, he's so great. I love him. It's like I don't know that that performance is like combination of being like super campy and corny, but also like incredible and dramatic. It's Absolutely. Like, I don't know. It it it's very good. Yeah, well, why, like, yeah, his laugh's incredible, and I don't know, like, there's that moment where, uh, you know, obviously, and I don't, I, I don't feel like I need to, um, you know, give the synopsis for these movies, Spider-Man, but the first one, Spider-Man's been up against the Green Goblin, uh, in my Defoe, and, um, and there's a really cool scene, and a lot of movies kind of afterward kind of did the same thing, or maybe in the same time, where, uh, you know, there's two different personas, to uh, Norman Osborn and then the Green Goblin. And when they're interacting, yeah. there's a really cool like mirror shot where oh yeah. In the reflection you see it's like the Goblin's persona and then when you come back to Willem like, like that's Norman's persona. And it's just such a great like feat of acting the fact that he's able to switch yeah. to and from incredibly like quickly and easily. It's like oh, he's so talented. I'd say the scene even more than the mirror scene, the one I like with Goblin and um 
Osborne like talking to each other. Yeah, is the one where the mask is sitting on the chair. Yeah, that's like, you on the ground, like crawling towards it. Like I, I love that scene. I think that one's really well thought. Absolutely, and he's also like a genuine threat as well. I mean, I mean, Will Nifo. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't cross Will Nifo. Uh, but you know, oh, that's yeah. just me. I feel like he would kill me. Um. <laughs> But I, I, he's just a very, like, menacing presence. And I know the Goblin suit, a lot of people say it looks ripped out of a Power Rangers movie or something. No, but it's so good. I love it's the so costume good. so much. He looks so fun. I love that costume. Okay, the fact that they didn't keep... Because in, like, the new trailers for that Spider-Man movie, he, he's, like, he's not in that suit, right? Uh, I think like he will be else. for a bit, but I think he's getting a different okay. outfit or something. That's annoying. They should have kept it. <laughs> just kept the outfit. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, I don't know. It's just such a fun... It's just a fun costume. It's a fun movie. And I don't understand yeah. why people, like, look down upon me. I don't think most people do, but I... I, I, yeah. I I've been hearing some slander against them, but I, I, I think they're wrong. And, yeah, they uh, are wrong. Exactly. I love them. Now, uh, we gotta talk about Toby, uh, my boy. Okay. Um, what makes Toby, like, stand out in this movie? <laughs> Give me your thoughts know. on Toby. I really don't think he gives that good of a performance. Sure. Like, I, I don't think it's, like, amazing or anything, but that kind of works. Like, I don't know. These movies work without having, like, perfect anything. I don't know. Sure. I don't think these movies work, need perfection to work. That's not, like, I don't, it's hard to explain that, I guess, but they're. Yeah. I think Toby's a dweeb. And that yeah. works so well. Can you so awkward and like, yeah. and then somehow swings the parabolum like all the way to he's really like charming, and you're like, oh, this guy. Yeah. Like, it, I, it does work. I, well, you're just rooting for him the whole time, and I think that's something yeah. that uh, Sam Raimi does well in his protagonist, especially with Spider-Man and both like Ash in uh, Evil Dead. It's like, yeah. He constantly, like, just beats up his characters in any way, shape, or form, whether that's physical, whether that's psychological. Like, you're just rooting yeah. for him. You're like, oh, man, I just want this guy to succeed, you know? Yeah. I, I think one and two do that really well with Peter. Yeah. And I think the other... I, if I had a knock against the first Spider-Man, at least, I think it's yeah. a little... The visual effects aren't the best. And I, like, only... Oh, I like them. Well, only during, like, the swinging scene. And only because it's just perfected in 2 and 3. Yeah, um, that's and, true. And it's only a source of comparison, like, if you're looking at them back-to-back, like I did. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're watching it on its own, it's still, like, yeah. for the time, it looked amazing. But, you know, looking back on it, you're like, okay. Yeah. You know, they're trying. But I love, dude, the last fight in the movie is, like, the most brutal thing between Goblin oh. and Peter. Like, yeah, they are slugging it. Fight. I know. Those all the fights in those movies are really good. Ra- yeah, Raimi knew how to coordinate like visual effects fight scenes. Like absolutely, yeah. and I think I think I I I'm always like starting to hop on a train of like I just want horror filmmakers to like do like blockbusters because I feel like they're just perfectly yeah. suited for it. Because especially when they are well the, with, uh, with just the dramatic nature of it, I guess. Yeah, and especially like I don't know, there's scenes in these Spider-Man movies that are actually like kind of scary you know like the goblins yeah kind of uh, the goblin in general is kind of scary and they throw in a few jump scares out of nowhere where you're like oh come on um yeah. but it's fun <laughs> okay. uh one of the jump scares in there kind of like the abrupt scenes that just ends up being really funny like it's not even a bad 
bad scene. It just ends up being funny as opposed to being like frightening or anything. It's where Aunt May is like praying in her house <laughs> by the bedside. And then the wall just explodes behind her. And the goblin is like floating there. Going, ah, 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 right. And it's just... <laughs> I started cracking up at that scene. Like, it's not even a bad scene. It's just funny. <laughs> I love it so much. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. There's, there, there's scenes that are, like, genuinely kind of frightening and all the action's really well coordinated. I love the wrestling fight between Spider-Man and Bonesaw. Oh. Bonesaw is ready. Bonesaw. <laughs> I love him. He's great. I don't know. And it's just such a good, like, uh, every story beat. I, I, I watched with the director's commentary on this most recent rewatch. And, and yeah. the things they were talking about with, like, how they structured their story, I was just nodding my head like a mad worm where, where I'm like, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, that's it just makes sense. I don't know. It, I, I, I just love it. I think it's a really great origin story. Um, yeah. I love that Bruce Campbell is in all three, you know? That's just so wholesome. I didn't, I didn't catch him in the first one, but I, I definitely caught him in the second, too. Yeah, he's the uh, wrestling announcer. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I didn't notice that in the first. Yeah, I probably just wasn't looking for him. Yeah, you were too busy <laughs> distracted by bone saw. You were like, yeah, yeah, bone saw. I love that guy. Where's my bone saw spinoff? God damn it! Another reason I like the first one so much. I mm-hmm. think the first one has a much better story structure than the second two. I mean, in terms of like story structure and flow, I, it, one is the best, then two, then three. I, I mean. <laughs> Three, three has no. Flow I think everyone, everyone, structure. everyone's here to. I, I think everyone knows that three is the weakest of them. But uh, yeah. you know, we'll we'll hit that bridge when we cross it. But yeah, I agree. I think I think two gets a little messy with story structure at parts, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, I think the casting in the first two are all like really great. Um, like yeah. all the actors. <laughs> we Kirsten... keep excluding number three. We'll get to we three when we it. cross that bridge. All right, I'm I'm, I'm holding it off. It's like a time bomb. Right. Um, right. I don't know. I think Kirsten Dunst is really charismatic. Uh, James Franco, not the best, but he works with what he has to do. Oh, I like him in this. Actually, yeah, no, he's fine. I I just think sometimes he's a little silly. Like the whole like you killed my dad. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like, know. I don't know. I, it worked. I liked James Franco in it. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, Defoe is obviously amazing. Uh, Rosemary yeah. Harris's Aunt May is awesome. Um, oh yeah. Even Uncle, Uncle ben. ben. Yeah, Chris, Chris. Yeah, Cliff Robertson. He's only in it for like ten minutes. Ten minutes, but he makes such an impact. You know, like oh, it's just yeah. kind of sad does. when he dies. You're like, oh man. Yeah. I really like him. Um, I think he's the he's the best Uncle Ben. There, there's never been a better Uncle Ben. Well, yeah, the new the new ones don't even have an Uncle Ben. Tony Stark's the Uncle Ben. Yeah. Really? I know. I know. That's That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. I feel validated. You were the right choice. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I don't know. I I just love the first one. I think it's really well done. It's very, it it just somehow it finds a balance. And I think this is kind of a hard thing to do, but it finds a balance of like humor from the campiness, but also like the emotional moments still work, you know? And I think- I know that- that's why it's so good. Right. And because a lot of movies, I feel like the jokes sometimes undercut any emotion. But for this, it just feeds really well. Like everything just flows together really well, you know? Yeah. You're never like, uh oh, we're like, I can't take anything dramatic out of this because they want it to be funny. No, there's a dramatic scene and then there's a funny scene. It's not like interrupting anything. Yeah. I think that's something that modern Marvel does terribly. Yeah. That's definitely a critique that <laughs> they're kind of suffering from. Well, they'll just like, 
and you'll 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 get close to feeling an emotion, and then all of a sudden, bam, choke time. And I'm like, no, stop it, no, please. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a tough beat. And then of course, um, maybe the best actor in all three of these movies, uh, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, I was gonna say that absolutely. Role yeah, no, he's so great in these movies. I love him so much. Um, every line is. Gold, just a hundred dollars. That's absurd. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and then there's just that really like small moment, and that's the thing with these Raimi movies. Like, there's so many small moments with the supporting characters that just like add to I don't know, just add to the world. But um, when Goblin, you know, interrogates Jane and James, and he's like, "Who took the pictures of Spider Man?" and Jane and James is like, "I don't know who he is." Like, that's just such a great like little moment. The fact that he even like even though he like basically bullies Peter for all these movies, like yeah. he's not gonna like throw him under the bus. And I just really like that. Yeah. Jameson Jameson isn't a, like a bad character. I just yeah. like that about him. <laughs> yeah. I just love him. He's so fun. I love him so much. He is funny. And then the other big moment that I really like, um, at the end of the movie when uh, you know, Spider-Man has to pick between Mary Jane and the the, the car full of screaming children, which is just so like that's just such a fun oh, scenario. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's like the campiest thing ever, but it's so fun. It's so overused, but it's still great. Like right. The- <laughs> and there's like shots and sequences in there. Like the shot of it's like a close up on Spider-Man. And in one eye, you see the buses falling and the other, you see oh, Mary yeah. Jane. Like that's just brilliant. You know, it is um, good. <laughs> yeah. But, and there's a moment that I really like where after, you know, he saves him and Goblin's about to like come in and just murder him. Uh, he gets like hit by like New Yorkers. Like New Yorkers oh, yeah. start throwing They're things at him. Throwing bricks at him. Yeah. And it's like, hey, you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. And I'm like, this is delightful. I love this so much. <laughs> like Spider-Man, he's the hero, you know, he's the city's hero. Yeah. Friendly neighborhood. I like Spider-Man. that I like that they use the like the New York atmosphere. Yeah. So much in these. There's a lot of like ground level um, you know, extras and stuff like that. And I think that's what yeah. Raimi focuses on. But it just gives like the whole movie a bunch of personality. Um it does. You know, yeah. Every time like a random extra is like, look, it's Spider-Man, you know, I'm just like, oh yeah. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and especially there's that kind of montage that they do is once Spider-Man like finally like gets his actual suit where they're like interviewing yeah. different people around the city. Oh so I fun. love that scene. It, it it's so um I don't know. It just feels like such um low budget filmmaking again yeah it's just like they went around and they just got random people to talk about spider-man for them and they cut it together like it, it's just so good right and there's just so many like fun reactions where one of them's like he stinks and i don't like him and then that one lady's like guy with eight legs kind of sounds hot and you're like what the heck yeah <laughs> oh yeah one more thing about the first one yeah i was gonna say um i really like like the final scenes with the green goblin I mean, spoiler alert, I guess, but when he's he are 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when he gets killed um, and he said it, like, it, it goes back from like the goblin voice to the Harry uh, or to the um, Norman, Norman Osborn yeah. voice. And he's like, he says, don't tell Harry. And I, I just think that word, I don't know. It sets up the, the plot line for the next or for the third one with, with Harry really well. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It, it shows Spider-Man as like a, I don't know. It takes out of the Spider-Man role and puts him like back in the Peter Parker role where he's like respecting of like the wishes of his friends. 
dying father even though he was like evil and everything it's just like there's an extraordinary sense of like empathy with spider-man and his villains you know like spider-man never outright kills any of the villains you know like the villains always end up defeating like kind of defeating themselves in a way yeah um but i agree with you yeah i really like that scene and defoe's delivery is like really really good of that yeah it is really good um defoe defoe really i mean the movie could have been good without defoe but it wouldn't have been great without Defoe. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine casting like anyone as Goblin yeah. in that movie. Like that could handle the camp and the emotional elements like we're talking about. Perfect yeah. balance. I love Defoe. Bring more and, and and he shows up like in two and three as well for like brief moments yeah. and you're like, Yes, he's back, Defoe. Um <laughs> not, at least that was my reaction to it. But all right, um, let's move on to Spider-Man two. So this was released okay. two years afterward. Um this one pretty much deals with uh, Peter's kind of balancing of his personal life and being Spider-Man and then Doc Ock, uh, you know, a man with four mechanical arms starts showing up. Um, now, this one is my favorite of the trilogy, and this is just one of my favorite movies in general. Um, I love this one. I think the first one's great, uh, and I just think that this one, I don't know, I think the emotional element... Um, just really rings true to me. And I think Doc Ock is a really great villain. The train scene in this movie, I'm jumping ahead of myself, and the train oh, scene is yeah. like one of the best action sequences maybe ever. I love it so much. I'm a big fan of the Doc Ock design and effects with like his arms. and Yeah, because they built those. He... Yeah. Well, I didn't even know that. But yeah, that's... they're practical. Isn't that nuts? It is nuts. It's so cool. Oh. Everything with him, just like, I don't know like how how real it feels with him walking around and like the sound design with like the big like booming it's just really well done yeah i don't know i just think there's so many like sequences in this movie like maybe maybe that's the reason why it's one of my favorite where like every single scene i'm like oh yes it's this scene like this movie straight up becomes like an evil dead spinoff for like five minutes in the hospital when the arms are, like, coming to life and, like, murdering oh, all those doctors? that scene is so good. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's incredible. It's so, that, that is, like you were talking earlier with, like, a horror scene. Yeah. That, that really is, I mean, it has, like, the view of the arms, like, going at people, like, the perspective of them. Yeah, and it, it's, even though it's, like, a PG-13 movie, like, that scene is just terrifying because like I, there's yeah, no soundtrack it it's just those arms and people screaming and there's that <laughs> shot that i can't get out of my head of like the lady like screaming as she's being dragged away and her nails oh, are like yeah you know scratching up the floor yeah it's like oh my <laughs> gosh that's insane i don't know i just really feel like they went all out um and i don't all know the i just Doc scenes are so good yeah the, like the bank robbery and oh, the Aunt so May building scene. <laughs> right. The fact that Aunt May is able to like get her kicks in at Doc Ock is just yeah. so fun. You're like, oh, this is great. Hits him with her umbrella. <laughs> yeah. I I will say, and this is not a problem I have in this movie. I think it's really funny how Dr. Octopus is like, yeah, I built these arms to like contain this fusion thing or whatever. And somehow the arms have like a knife thing in them that like unsheaths when he's about to stab Spider-Man or oh, Aunt yeah. May wax him. I'm like, what's your purpose for that? But yeah, it's not a problem. <laughs> they never explain. <laughs> I'm just really, it's really funny. He's just got a knife and like the, the yeah. arm. Um, but no, it's just really fun. And I think it elevates 
the action um, above the first one. Just in terms of, like, I don't know. It, I just think the arms are such a cool, like, concept. And it must have been storyboarded beforehand. But I, I, I just think they really did a good job with the action sequences yeah. of that. Um, I, I do think the action sequences with Doc Ock are better than the um, than the first one. Yeah. Like better, better fights. But I like... I don't like the end, the conclusion to this as nearly as much as I like the conclusion. I think I, I think I agree with you. I think the because when the first one at the end of it, you've got you know the kind of really really brutal throwdown between uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Goblin and uh, Spider Man, but in yeah. this one, and that just it, it feels more grounded. This one's got like the big like oh it's gonna destroy the city, right, right, like the like like the classic trope of right. like blockbusters now. Yeah, I, I just appreciate the more like human side of it. Of course. One. Yeah, I think I think that finale is a lot more uh, in the first one. The finale is a lot more grounded. Um, yeah. But I, I will say I like I again, I like the fact that there's not really a final battle in the movie. Obviously, there's like world yeah. things or whatever. But again, it's yeah. like Peter appeals to Doc Ock using like his empathy and Doc Ock like sacrifices himself. Like he makes the, you know, the human choice to, you know, I don't know, yeah. save the day. And I, I just like that a lot because I think it could be really easy. I don't know. I, it feels like yeah. a lot of superhero movies take the, oh, he's going to kill the bad guy, you know, and sometimes that's fine. Yeah. But for Spider-Man, I'll, it just I'll... never feels right. All three of the Spider-Mans kind of do that. Yeah, and I think that's why I like them. I don't know. It just yeah. it, they've got an emotional heart to them that I really Thank enjoy. You. And I, I just really like the story of this one too. I, I, I don't obviously logically it doesn't make sense why Peter would just suddenly lose his powers or you know gain them again. But I like the idea of the fact that like yeah. you can't battle. Well, you, I think you can't balance I think it's it. Like- I kind I kind of do like the idea that he loses. It's like he gets so stressed, right, doing it that he just like loses his powers. Like that's kind of as opposed to like other movies where it's like, oh, somebody stole their powers or something like that. It's Got like, stabbed with a needle. Yeah, <laughs> he just gets stressed. <laughs> yeah, I yeah I, I agree with you, and I, that's why I like that so much. Um, and again, like the like the first one, there's a lot of scenes of just like Peter, you know, like Spider-Man. Peter Parker has more screen time in these movies than Spider-Man does. And I really appreciate oh, that. Especially in the second one. Right. Yeah. It's almost like a full on drama in a lot of moments. Just again, yeah. there's just a bunch of sequences there's, where, you know, he has got to be at least like an hour of just Peter. Right? Has to me. Has to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, there's moments where, you know, he has to tell Aunt May that, he was there when Uncle Ben died. And it's just like a really, you know, a really heavy emotional scene where you're like, oh man, this is rough. Um, Obviously, you know, he's trying to get back Mary Jane after uh, rejecting her advances in the first one. Um, And, you know, that doesn't go as well because she's dating some astronaut. Obviously he lost his job. He's trying to get, you know, pictures at the bugle from a boss who keeps, you know, (laughs) trying to frame the person who he is. And Jane Jenner Jameson in this movie, again, incredible. I love him. Yeah. Uh, in everything but i don't know i i really like i i think the reason why it's my favorite is just it, it just spends so much time on the characters um it does and yeah. like I, just the whole they set up even doc ock like he doesn't show up as a quote-unquote bad guy until like i don't know 50 minutes in the movie there's this kind of long yeah. scene with him and peter like just hanging out that really I makes know. you like care about him you know yeah, I, I love before before like everything bad happens to him, he's like such a good 
like nice character to Peter and stuff. Right, and, he's and like, he he's kind of like the image genuine of like, advice. <laughs> exactly, he's kind of the like he kind of, he's kind of what Peter wants to be. You know, like obviously mm-hmm. Peter has like you know the smarts, um, but he doesn't exactly have like the social skills. And of course, Ak yeah. has like a wife and stuff <laughs> like that. And uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just it, it's really good at setting him up. And I think that's the other thing that I like about these villains is that they're all like tied to peter in some way whether it's like oh it's his friend's dad or like you know like a mentor figure like i like that sort of thing it never works for me when it's like how is this villain like how does the hero know the bad guy like i don't know maybe i'm getting ahead of myself i i appreciate that they tried to do that again in the third movie oh yeah absolutely absolutely but i think i think they failed compared to (laughs) compared to how like i don't know Compared to how well the villain setups are in the first two, right? I, I think I think the villain setups are pretty terrible in the third one. <laughs> but we can get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, there's just so much that I appreciate. The, the one thing we haven't brought up is the score for these movies. Uh, Danny Elfman's oh, yeah. score, Danny awesome. Elfman. I, love I love Danny Elfman. I love Danny Elfman. Honestly, why isn't Danny Elfman doing more uh, music scores? And is I need him. Boingo. boingo. <laughs> I need him to do everything. Um, although I think he's doing, I think he's working on the, I know Sam Raimi's doing like a Doctor Strange movie or something like that. Yeah. I think they're bringing Elfman on that. So that'll be interesting. I think, yeah, Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi's friends with Elfman, I think. That, yeah, that makes sense. You, you asked why Elfman wasn't making more movie scores, but I think it was because recently he released like an actual studio album. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, well, I, never I like it. It's kind of it's kind of weird, but I thought it was cool. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, there's just so many great decisions in this movie. Um, I, I I will say the one moment that I'm always like a little questionable is is at the end of the movie. Um, you know, after all is said and done, uh, Mary Jane leaves her uh, uh, fiance at the altar. Oh, and the yeah. fiance is like never set up as like an asshole or anything. He's just like a guy. And then Mary Jane just yeah. leaves them, and you're like, oh, man, like, that's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't yeah. know. It's good that he's been, she's been Peter, I guess, but it's like, oh, man, like, why? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Once again, this is maybe why I like the first one a little more. I think it sets up, like, I like how it sets up the um him and Mary Jane at the end. Like, he really wants to be with her, but, like, mm-hmm. can't. So it gives you this, like, bittersweet ending because he's making a choice. Right, and I obviously they couldn't do they couldn't do it again in the second. They had to continue with something, but I just right. like how it resolves that. In the of course, one. I will say I love the last shot of this movie. Um, you know, Spider Man obviously swings away, and you know, there's a the whole like yeah. swinging scene. It's all great. The trumpets are you know blaring, and then it cuts back to Mary Jane, and she's just like looking at it, and in her look, I don't know, it seems like there's a sense of like, did I make the right choice? And that kind of like leads yeah. into the third one really well. It's kind of reminds me of like the ending, you know, obviously. Like, can be comparing a comic book movie to like an actual movie um but like yeah it, it reminds me of like the ending of the graduate you know where it's like <laughs> yeah it's a very like okay wait did we make the right choice and i like that ending a lot it's kind of like a nice ambiguous uh conclusion yeah. to it but i don't know i i can talk about this movie for hours i love the second one so much um <laughs> obviously the first one's amazing but the second one's like yeah i think in my opinion the best in the trilogy but you know it is what it yeah. is. Yeah, we, we uh, disagree on that, but we I, I okay. like the second one. So. You're wrong! No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, what if I just, like, roast you for the, for the next hour? I'm like, yeah, you suck. Bru- no, uh. br- brutal argument. <laughs> no Fuck one will you. ever be on... Yeah, no one will ever be on this pot again. Um, <laughs> That'd be incredible. Um, Anything else you want to oh, add? 
Well, actually, I was going to add something about the first. Okay, go for uh, it. I keep going back and forth. Eh, whatever. But, um, I don't even remember what shot it was. It might be, like, one of the first shots where they have Spider-Man swinging. But it's, like, they have this shot where it's, like, tracking on a police, like, the police sirens on top yeah. of a car. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, sewing it, swerving back and forth. And it's not even focusing on Spider-Man. But the shot, you see, like, Spider-Man swinging in from the back. Yeah. And it, uh, it, it's such a good shot. I don't know why. It's just, like... <laughs> There's so many creative shots in these movies. That's the other thing. Like, every, like, yeah. 20 minutes, you'll be like, wait a minute. Whoa, that's a cool... Here's a, there's that other moment yeah. of uh, when Spider-Man gets his powers back. Um, and he's, like, swinging toward Doc Ock. You know, obviously, it's, like, the swinging scene. But then that's like a reflection of Doc Ock's glasses. And you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Well, I don't even remember that one. But Yeah, I was like, <laughs> this is insane. What's going on? Um, but, you know, I just love, I love Raimi. His eye for yeah. everything. Is he just... does have a good eye. Exactly. I love that guy. Um, yeah, I just love two. Um, all right, let's move on to Spider-Man 3. Uh, I think everyone unanimously agrees <laughs> okay. this is the weakest of the trilogy. However, I don't I'll think say, this is bad. I, I think it's bad. Okay. But I still enjoy it. Like, it's I don't so, know. I don't know. It, it, it's kind of a train wreck. That's the thing. Like, it is a train wreck. You're but kind it of still carries enough of the energy from like the first two. Yeah. The energy's it, never it lost. Still works. Right. Yeah. Because even the script is an absolute like mess. Like, and, and there's way too many characters, yeah. way too much stuff going on. But at least the filmmaking <laughs> and the tone is consistent with yeah. one and two the problem is the story and it's i'm gonna yeah that yeah the tone the tone and the characters oh like peter and everything those still work it yeah. still carries like the same uh, everything but the the script is pretty awful i like um, and it, i think there were too many i was looking at like development of it and i think there were just too many yeah. cooks in the kitchen um exactly venom yeah. wasn't even like sam raimi didn't even want to do venom he was going to do the sandman yeah. as like the main villain and you can definitely see that because sandman gets a lot of like you know he gets maybe the most screen time of any of the villains where he's yeah. got like okay he's got a motivation he's got like you know an arc in the movie um yeah. but you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and here's Harry, and here's Venom, and you're like, whoa, there's I know. too much they, going on. They needed to pick one. Yeah. The, the, the thing about them is all of them were pretty good. Yeah. On, like, if, but it, they would have been, like, good on their own. They, right. They, like, all three of them combined into one story just really did not work. Yeah, especially because the movie wants to, like, pick and choose who's the actual threat, like, every 10 yeah. minutes. It's like, okay, here's the new Goblin, oh, but now he's got a mission. Here's the Sandman, uh, and he's gone. Uh, here's Venom, uh, yeah. and, uh, 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 and it's just a mess. Um, but, okay, the thing about Venom in that movie, it well, Eddie Brock, the guy who plays Eddie Brock is terrible. Topher like, Grace? Just, oh, I love he's him. He's just awful. I love him. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe he's fine at other stuff. I just, I think he's just kind of <laughs> bad in this. I think he's obnoxious, well, but I think that kind of works. Well, I don't know. I think he's fine as Eddie Brock, but th- when he goes to being Venom, I agree. it's like really bad. I um, agree. Especially because Venom's voice is just his voice. Like, there's yeah. nothing like changed about it. And yeah, I, I don't know what you know about Venom, but like Venom's supposed to have like this. <laughs> You know, like a very like yeah. creepy voice, and it's just his voice, and his voice isn't really all that intimidating. He's like, "I want to kill the spider. You want to kill the spider," and it's like, eh, okay. that's such a bad line. <laughs> also, 
correct me if I'm wrong, but they never set up how Venom or how Brock discovers that Peter is Spider-Man. I think for some, somehow he sees Peter like taking off the Venom thing and he's like, Parker? And I'm like, how do you see that? He's on top of the clock tower. Yeah, he didn't see him. I That's ridiculous. It's too far away. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what's going on? The thing about Venom in that movie is Venom sucks. Like, the <laughs> Venom... <laughs> Well, I, I'm going somewhere with No, this. no, no, no. Like, I'm listening. I'm Bro- listening. <laughs> Brock sucks. Venom sucks. The setup of Venom sucks. But the black suit looks awesome. Thing. Well, no, not even just that it looked awesome. I think that was like a cool character thing. Like having really- his suit get like tainted with this weird thing that like it's a symbiote and stuff. I think it was pretty interesting. Well, the arc of the movie, I actually think is really like Peter's arc of the movie. I actually think it's pretty. Yeah ambitious like it and that's kind of risky for it you is. to make your you know really charming charismatic main character like an absolute asshole for the <laughs> I movie love those scenes right well like i don't know and like there's so much obviously the movie's about like kind of ego and you know like forgiveness and stuff like that and i, I yeah. i'm just impressed that if if any of the ideas work in the movie it's that one and i think that idea yeah really kind of shines through in the end product even though yeah. the rest of it you're like i don't know what's going on here but well, the fact that they just make peter like he just makes so many awful decisions like that are almost like character shattering you know like he kisses some yeah. girl that's not mary jane in front of like a yeah. thousand of people and you're like oh my god yeah that's the thing about this movie all of the things okay all of the things that they're doing kind of work right but they're trying to do too many things at once it's just it gets too convoluted but everything works on its own it's like we only it's like we needed a fourth movie i i I almost agree yeah you could have like done and kind of what i I wanted wanted is like cut out the goblin i think cut out the goblin in this one and like have harry have Harry become the goblin at the mm. end of this one and then have him be the main villain for four. Actually, I was going to say cut out Sandman from this one. Okay. Just have it be and Goblin and Venom? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I think the um, one of the best scenes in this movie is the, um, is the Harry um, spider fight in the apartment. Okay. Okay. When they're fighting each other. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good scene. And the setup for that scene is because like the black suit is like, I don't know, corrupting, right. corrupting Peter and stuff. And then Harry ha- has his motivations. I, I think that's a really good scene. And I don't know, make it by the end of that scene, having like Peter be really brutal. Yeah. Like he's, he's trying to like, murder he, both he, like, Sandman and yeah. Harry. Like, yeah. He like, he like throat punches Harry at the end or whatever, and then like blows up his face. Like he gets really violent. Yeah. Like yeah. and I like what you were saying, turning your main charming character into just like a complete asshole. Like yeah. <laughs> and you're I, and Aunt May. Like there's just a great scene with Aunt May. That's the thing. There's so many great scenes. They're just it's just a mess. But um. Yeah, like a a tonal and not tonal, but like a pacing mess, I guess. Um, It is a pacing and like (laughs) the tone works, the themes work. A lot of characters on their own work. It's Mm. just that like way too many things were happening. Right. Um, But there's a great scene with Aunt May where like Peter's like, hey, I like Spider-Man killed the Sandman. She's like, Spider-Man doesn't kill people. Like what (laughs) What are you talking about? And I I like that a lot. 
that scene was yeah that is a good scene because it was almost like i don't know he he couldn't he didn't want to tell aunt may that he was spider-man he couldn't tell her that but do you think aunt may knows any spider-man kind of it kind of seems like in the second one it makes her seem like she knows yeah but then but then it just completely like ignores that in other parts so i don't know yeah i don't know i like to think that maybe she does but i don't i they never answer it which is fine i'm I'm, i don't need yeah answers on that but but. i don't know in that scene where where he's like telling her that spider-man killed the sandman it's like he he wants to brag about it yeah he can't but he wants to brag that he like killed the sandman yeah and it it show it shows his like corruption like the corruption of spider-man really well right because it's not only just that he like did this it's that he wants people to know he did this it's like (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the other thing that I really like about this movie um, is I think the visual effects and the sound design of this movie yes. are top notch. Um, okay, th- for two, when was this? Was two thousand seven? Seven. Right? Yeah, yeah. These the Sandman effects. No, being dude, from two thousand seven. Insane. The fact, uh, like that scene where he like comes to life. After you know yeah. being like wiped away, okay. that is nuts. I I love that scene. It's so good. Okay, that that scene is like actually amazing because he like rises and then he crumbles and yeah. then he like rises partially again, and it almost like makes you believe that the reason he's able to like keep him or like rebuild himself out of the sand is because of like his um his love for his daughter. Yeah. Because it like he sees the locket and he tries to grab it and the sand just like crumbles away again and then he like forces his hand into like back into its normal form. It's so good. Like it is it. insane how good it that is. scene is. That's almost like a that short film, really you know? Like not gonna usually be a like a yeah. five minute short film. It's insane. I love that so much. And yeah, it's I, dialogue. It has no dialogue and it conveys everything. It, yeah. It's a good scene. Oh yeah. Um and I like I don't know, I I, I I, I, I think he gets lost in the shuffle, but I like um I I, I like the Sandman's role in Peter's arc where they kind of contradict the first one where it's like, hey, it wasn't Joe whatever yeah. who killed your uncle. It was Sandman. And I'm like, uh, okay. Kind of, I wish they had done it better. Yeah. But I like I like the fact that again, kind of like how with the villains connect to Peter, I like that aspect. And I like how Peter Again, instead of killing the Sandman, like forgives him at the end. I like that yeah. a lot. Um, it's it's good. It's messy. just like it is a bit messy because you can tell that they just like changed their mind with the story. They're right. like, oh well, we want to do this now, so we're gonna. Yeah, it's like, how can we implement we him? Oh, did. I got an idea. Here, let's just shove him in here. Yeah. And you're like, huh? I, I hate the, I hate rewrites. It's rewrites are just annoying. Yeah. But yeah, it does uh, work. Um, now, can we talk about uh? Can we talk about evil Peter? <laughs> I love evil Peter. <laughs> this man. I think a lot of people call him Bully Parker. Um, just an icon, really. Uh, I love him so much. We're snapping. Nobody can, can see, see us. But... <laughs> it's incredible. Um, oh boy. The dancing is so funny. <laughs> the dancing is incredible. Like stand- okay, he's got his hair like down like this. And he's just like, he's like in the middle of like New York. He's like standing there like air humping or something. He's like pelvic thrusting and like. <laughs> and all the people around him are like, what are you doing? It's incredible. 
so funny. Go, there's like a scene where he goes into like a store and buys like an all black suit. Incredible. Scene is so funny. It's incredible. I love I love I just, Evil Peter so much. Yeah. This is <laughs> I it's so stupid, but I think it was meant. I mean, there's no way it wasn't meant to be stupid. So. Well, no, because the whole thing is like here. Here's this absolute dork who now is not only still a dork, but he's also an asshole, and that's kind of what they yeah. do with that. It's okay. I I love the scene with um he's in Jameson's office and like he demands like a staff job <laughs> from him and then like sits down and puts his feet up on the um on like the table. Oh man are on jameson's desk and it's just like the look jk simmons like pulled off for that scene was just like really funny because so <laughs> he just like looks down at his feet like when he puts them up on the on the desk it's just <laughs> great <laughs> i love him i love him we need to treasure evil peter at all costs i don't think again i think peter. it still works in terms of like the arc that he there it does um, still work like okay that's another like we were talking about the back and forth between like dramatic and comedic. Yeah, like that does both at once. Like, right. It's, <laughs> it's not only like a look of like, oh my gosh, look how far gone he is, and then also it's like this is hilarious. I love this, you know. Yeah. It's just yeah. balanced, it, man. It's impressive. Yeah. That's why I like this movie. Like, I know it's a mess, but like, and that's why I keep returning yeah. to it. Cause it's like, all right, number one, it's interesting to see like why this doesn't work. But number two, like, at least yeah. you're still able to feel that, something by the end, you know? That's that's the thing. This movie is so confusing to think about. Like yeah. throughout our discussion so far, when we were talking about the first two, I started thinking, oh, the third one kind of sucks compared to this. And then we started talking about the third one. I was like, wait, no, not really. It's still pretty great. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's my goal here. That's my goal of the, the pod today. Is to through all that. Spider Man Three isn't the worst. It's it, it it's Spider-Man not great. Three is. I think but, it's good. I don't know. I think it's good. I, 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 know I, think it's I said good. it was. Like 10 minutes ago, I said it was bad. I think it's good. This is your character <laughs> arc, Aaron. Let's go. Let's go. I love this. Um, it, I mean, I did really enjoy it. I watched yeah, it last night. It's so. fun. And I think I actually like the ending a lot where, uh, I mean, obviously it is incredibly stupid how Harry's um, uh, bodyguard, butler or whatever, didn't tell him that, hey, by the way, Spider-Man didn't kill your father. Like, you've been holding out on that information for, like, how long? <laughs> yeah because all that harry's been doing is just like oh you killed my dad i'm coming after you it's like all right at least we're. but i like i like the fact that he teams up with peter against sam and venom at the end i like that yeah um i wish they had put um i wish they had put franco in the um the original goblin suit or some other very some other variation of it at least yeah because his suit isn't like not memorable he just he just looks stupid yeah, it's pretty much just James it's Franco just like, on a hoverboard. Yeah, it's just James fast. Franco with, like, a mask on or, like, yeah. a weird mouth covering or something. Yeah. I like that first fight between him and Peter um, where, like, Peter's oh, not in his costume. Uh, especially yeah, Peter's not in that. his costume, and he keeps trying to, fight, like, grab the ring. Yeah, I like that a lot where it's like, all right, yeah, we're going to focus too. on, like, this inanimate object throughout the fight. And it just adds, like, this... I don't know if I've had an action sequence with like that amount of like stakes to it where it's like, hey, here's yeah. this very tiny object that can very easily be lost when it's falling down through a city. Yeah. Like I just yeah. like that a lot. It's really cool. 
Um, and they said it like they set it up in the previous scene as being like a really important like token. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think there's too many villains. There's too many like characters going on. But yeah, I think again, it, I would it, watch this over like most of the Marvel stuff today because like at oh, least at least you feel something. At least the filmmaking is still incredible. I need the sound design in this movie is insane. That scene where Spider-Man, uh, there's like that crane thing that like kind of wipes out the building, and Spider-Man has to like yeah. you know swing through all this debris. The soundtrack cuts out, and it's like a, you know, yeah, it's like that is good. That's nuts. And then there's like that train, and then like the subway fight where he's fighting Sandman. Like, yeah, you just cut really out all good. the music for all the action. This is like I know. Yeah, it's so cool. It, it's I was gonna say you, you um. Yes, yeah, Spider-Man 3 is the worst of the trilogy, but I still like Spider-Man 3 better than any Marvel movie I've seen. Like, you heard it here first. Any you Marvel, heard it first. Any <laughs> any of like the Disney Marvel movies, it's better than all of them. Like any Iron Man, Captain America, it yeah, it's better. Hey, <laughs> I don't you <care>. know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Let them fight you in the street. You've already you've already gotten enough slack on uh Letterbox, you know. You're you're what's what's another hot take, you know? <laughs> do i get flack on letterbox i don't know you seem like you got like a lot of angry comments during your heat and uh uh whatever oh yeah <laughs> my um my martin scorsese attack campaign yeah i was like this is <laughs> i didn't say anything because i'm like i you know it's Aaron. I, I don't care um but a lot of people were going after you on that i'm like oh man it's a tough beat yeah regarding um Anywho, anything else you want to add about Spider-Man 3 before we jump to something completely different? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I have anything else to add. Mm. Well, there you yeah. go. Um, speaking of Scorsese, hey, there you go. There's your... Uh... Oh, yeah, that's our lead-in. Yeah, that's a lead-in. I was thinking of like how I can lead this in because it's like, yeah, we're talking about a comic book trilogy and now we're talking about one of the greatest directors on Earth. Um, I, would, I, I realize I've done this to you like twice now like you really have yeah podcast you were like okay aaron we're gonna talk about pixar what do you want to do for the movie of the week and then i'm like okay obscure japanese film and then you're like okay aaron we're gonna talk about the spider-man trilogy what do you want to do for the movie of the week obscure japanese film (laughs) (laughs) again bring it back what i do to you and that's okay hey as long as they're good i'm having a great time um yeah, yeah, so movie of the week this week we picked. Uh, well, I didn't pick. Uh, Aaron picked um, Akira Kurosawa's Dreams. This came out in 1990, and this is a sort of anthology, uh, a collection yeah. of kind of magical tales based on the actual dreams of the director. Now, first off, I want to say um, I can never remember any of my dreams. So the fact that he remembered all eight of his, I really? think, is uh, you know, I that's remember, pretty. Pr- I remember a lot of dreams. I mean, I remember like maybe five, but I don't know. They're never like as five? cool. I, I, maybe I, all right. You know what? I'm, I'm getting attacked. Um, this, you're this not is dreaming, a... right? You're not, <laughs> you're not sleeping, right? I'm a night owl. Um, no. All right. Well, you heard it here first. I apparently have some sleep problems. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> back on dreams. Thank you for that. Um, no. So, what 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 why dream like what what stands out to you about this movie especially in Kurosawa's like filmography what makes this stand out? I mean, that I I this is my favorite film by him. Okay. Which I I don't know if you're familiar with Kurosawa that's probably a hot take. To other people listening, they're just gonna think okay, 
but (laughs) 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 well i don't think well, so all right. So for people who haven't don't know who Kurosawa is for some reason, he's the guy who did Seven Samurai and Karu, yeah. uh, Hidden Fortress, like a really, really influential Japanese director. Yeah. But anyway, and, continue. Well, I don't know. Everyone's familiar, or not everyone, but a lot of people are familiar with his um samurai film. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean that's what he's known for. That was like his staple. Right. So I feel like I don't know. And and I, I feel like a lot of people when you talk about like a big director like Kurosawa or someone else big like that, you they people always think of their early or middle films as being their best. Mm-hmm. People don't usually talk about the late films of a director. And this was one of his final films. Yeah. Because I think he died in 94 and this was made in 90. Yeah. Yeah. So. And definitely, I, I, it's an interesting like studio picture as well because uh, at least when I watched it, it had the Warner Brothers logo on it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like Warner I didn't Brothers. Even remember that? Yeah, Warner <laughs> Brothers apparently like produced yeah. this, which is crazy. That's um, cool. I, hey, I'm all for it. I was just shocked. And then uh, Scorsese's just in it. <laughs> exactly, he shows up in Vincent Van Gogh, and I'm like, all right, where's my Vincent Van Gogh biopic with Martin Scorsese? The only white actor in the whole movie is Martin Scorsese. You know, it says a lot about our society. If you think about, it. no, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, I love that, but yeah, I, I. It's definitely very unique. You know, like obviously, I, we don't see a lot of movies like this. You know, where it's oh yeah, I mean, anthologies are not necessary. I mean, they, there's there's plenty of anthologies, but they are not the most common type of film out right. there. Well, and especially like that, even that, like the the hook of, all right, now you're going to watch eight stories that on the surface don't have anything to do with each other. Um, But, you know, like, that's just so interesting to me, you know, and the whole time I was watching this, I'm like, wow, this is like maybe the biggest flex I've ever seen where it's like, (laughs) all right, guys, time to look in my psyche. Let's do it. Woo. Yeah. Um, And I'm the first time I watched it because I've seen it. I've seen it two or three times. Okay. I think. Um, I didn't even realize that um, all the characters were supposed to be him, like the main character. If you yeah. I, got... Which, I, I mean, I guess that should be obvious. I just didn't realize the first time. Uh, <laughs> you idiot. You're so stupid. Yeah. No. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I got that for a few of them. I didn't necessarily catch it for all of them. Yeah. But I noticed, like, you know, when he's a child in the first one, and later on, there's kind of yeah. the recurring uh guy with like his hat that's kind of his hat it's like the hat that he wore while directing or whatever all the time yeah um but yeah i don't know it's just very it's a really cool project um and i think as the stories go on there's kind of like a thematic through line through all of them you know yeah that's kind of interesting personally i think it's the most beautiful film ever made it is gorgeous oh my it is gorgeous yeah they really it's like every single color is in this movie, and it's like, all I right, know. here we like, go. A dream of mine would be to watch Dreams in a theater. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know, just a big, nice theater watching that. Put it in IMAX, so... baby. Dreams in IMAX. <laughs> Dreams in IMAX. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. I'd watch it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's just so... And the other thing about this that I found really impressive was how, like, patient it is, you know? It is very... It, it, it's... It's not the most immediately engaging film. I think, no, but, but it's very, I don't know. 
in the slowness of the movie, I found it really like kind of hypnotizing is the way Mm -hmm. I'd describe it, where you're just kind of like locked in to the beauty of what you're watching. And part of that is due to like how good Kurosawa is as a director. Like he'll place the camera just in a single spot and just let the scene like roll. Oh, the, um, the peach orchard. Right. Exactly. It's just like a static shot. There's no movement to it, but it's just like beautiful costume design and like choreography or whatever their dance. Right. It's just, yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. I love it. I think it's great. Um, but I don't know. It, uh, and there's just so much like thought and effort put into like kind of the look of this thing. And it's uh, like you were saying, it's just gorgeous to watch. Um, yeah. What is your favorite? Do you have a favorite segment in the movie? Ooh, okay. I think the blizzard is probably my least favorite. I agree. I, mean, I still love it. I think it's I think great. Bl- but yeah. I think it's the weakest. Yeah. It is the weakest. Because I don't know. I don't, that one's just, it, it, I mean, it's a beautiful story. It, it's like beautiful like the rest. And it's a good story and everything. Right. But it just, it feels like it has the the worst like staying power of all of them. Like sure. a lot of them are very memorable. And that one's just like. Yeah, you forget it by the time it's over. Like, by the time the whole thing's done, you're like, oh, yeah, the blizzard. Um, But, yeah, I'm not huge on the blizzard. Here, actually, I have a better idea. How about we just go through each of them, you know, and then if you have a ranking, yeah. um, Okay. You know, so maybe I'll talk about um, about the rain one first. Yeah, so the sunshine through the rain um, is what it's called. And that's where the, yeah, that's where the boy sees, like, the foxes. Um, Yeah, I feel like this one would be maybe more important if I was like very educated in Japanese culture. Yeah. But I'm not right. Like the folklore and stuff. I mean, it's a beautiful one that, that the, it's like the, it's the iconic shot of that movie is the, um, is the, the rainbow. rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, um, the thing about this one is I think there's a lot of, you know, obviously this movie kind of, it, it feels like, um, the character is kind of growing throughout the movie. And this is obviously yeah. like Kurosawa as a child. So there's a very like, yeah. kind of like childlike wonder where he's looking at, you know, the foxes and, you know, obviously his mother's like, uh, you know, stay home, you know, don't go anywhere. You yeah. know, the foxes come out and then he sees the fox. Like it, it feels like kind of a fairy tale. Um, it, I do think that's something interesting about them. The ones where he is a child, like the first two. Yeah. Because, yeah, the first two where he's a child, those ones feel um, very, I don't know, more, ma- I mean, the whole thing is magical. Right. But those ones have like a more like a optimistic sense of wonder to them as he's like a child. And whereas it like goes along and he's like older in them, they get darker. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot darker. Like you got the the nuclear power plant one and right. then the crying demons right the weeping demon or whatever it's called yeah um i mean the next one was the peach orchard uh mm-hmm. where the boy sees the girl and kind of follows her and that leads her to the kind of spirit of the trees that were there um in yeah. kind of this uh field uh i like yeah. this one a lot i like i do like this one a lot the other thing that i liked about this one is um I, there, there's a sense of, uh, you know, the boy sees the girl and then when he tries to tell, like, I, I assume it's like his family, 
where it's like, look, yeah. you know, we're in the girl go, and they're like, there is no girl. And that's kind of a, a feeling that you get in dreams where like you think you see something and then you talk to yeah. other people in the dream and they don't see it, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Like they capture that feeling really well. I like that a yeah. lot. Like reality shifting. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing I like, and again, like we were talking about the patience of the movie, but like they do like a little like kind of dance that causes like trees to reappear. And that dance goes on for like, I don't know, five minutes. And yeah, maybe longer. Yeah, honestly. But it's just so like pretty to look at just from like it the is. costumes and the movement. You're I like, mean, this is gorgeous. That scene, you know, like the layers of the people, like on the rows of like the old yeah. it's it's so good looking. It's really great shot. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's just a really cute one. Uh, and I, yeah. and the music again, the music in all of this is really great. Oh, yeah. I didn't the mention that. It's really good. But I love that. Yeah. Uh, the third one is the Blizzard. We already talked about that. Um, yeah, we talked about that one. So four is... The Tunnel. I like, this one might be I my really favorite. Like the tunnel. I really like this one. I don't know. I and love the, the, I love the shots of yeah. the, like ghosts or the, yeah. Yeah. The spirits. I, I like that a lot too. And I like the thematic um, element of the, uh, of this segment where it's like, and that's the thing. There's kind of a very anti-war, anti like, you know, pollution angle to it um, where it's a very like, I don't know, tender kind of movie um, even throughout like all these streams and stuff. I, I, I really appreciate just the fact that, I don't know, there's a very anti-war kind of message in this one about how like yeah. the commander obviously feels regret that he led his army into like kind of a losing battle and it's just i, I don't know it was really resonant and i'm like oh this is good mm-hmm. stuff i like that a lot <laughs> i do too yeah. yeah that one and i i like that all the like they're ghosts in it but they don't do anything like particularly like ethereal or ghostly about them they no like, they just show up reality yeah yeah and the only thing that gives them away is ghosts is like the like kind of the bluish kind of skin color yeah yeah which is cool i i think it is cool yeah i like that one a lot uh the fifth one is the crows there's not a ton to say about this but i think it looks gorgeous i love the i mean i i don't think it necessarily has a lot of thematic no it's more of a flex it's like look at how beautiful i can make this thing and you're like whoa I mean, I, there are some, like, fairly poetic lines from Scorsese in it. Of course. As Van Gogh. Um, yeah. But, but I like, a lot of it, a lot of it is him, like, walking through Van Gogh paintings. And that's yeah. just, like, such a cool thing, like, to do that. I mean, I know yeah. it's the 90s, but just thinking about Kurosawa as a director who started in, like, the in the 40s and stuff, and then using some sort of effects to do this these shots i don't know how they did it but right it, yeah it looks beautiful i love it um yeah i really appreciate uh this one and obviously like seeing scorsese as mendo it's just such a fun like that's just such a fun <laughs> idea i'm like hey nice that's cool um yeah and that's the other thing that i kind of like about these and obviously we'll get to the, the next three in just a second but like th- there's no real sense of a beginning or an end kind of like real dreams you know not to get like yeah. philosophical or anything but like they they understood Kurosawa kind of understands how kind of confusing any sense of like you know narrative a dream can have where yeah. all of a sudden you're just kind of thrust in and then you're pulled out there's no you know obviously yeah. there's a beginning middle it, end but like it, it was, never feels like it I don't know 
it it's almost like through this through this movie he was trying to understand his own dream yeah this could be taken as a kind of self-indulgent movie but i think that's why it works it's like he he he's delving into his own psyche with this it's just right and it's never like egotistical or obnoxious Mm -hmm. you know i think it's coming from like a really kind of uh, heartfelt and empathetic place which i appreciate yeah um now the next one is the mount fuji in red this is the nuclear power plant uh kind of explodes and this one obviously uh i don't know it's kind of sad i think think, yeah it is i think this is one of the weaker ones again sure yeah but it is i I think it's very yeah it does look great But yeah, um, I, I don't know. There's not a ton to say about this one. It's just you know yeah, a bunch of it's, people dying, which is like yeah. oh, and cool. I, I think the the theme of this one was pretty pretty on the nose, or not. I don't know. It's it more on the nose like, than the other ones. Yeah, obviously yeah. this. Yeah, it's a very like I don't environmental. Know. Right. Yeah, kind of environmentalist kind of themes that I appreciate. And again, this kind of leads into like how darker the like these two are kind of mm-hmm. these two right here are kind of the darkest ones of the yeah um, the segment i mean because it's all you could almost like see the next one after this as connecting to this that's kind of what i did like that's kind of i don't know it felt to me like these two kind of connected in that way yeah because the the next one is like the weeping demon yeah it's it's the demons who were created in the aftermath of some nuclear fallout or something right like that it's just yeah yeah i the weeping demon kind of freaks me out um just by like the imagery of the demons like they look so yeah unsettling and the fact that the camera lingers on them for so long like really just kind of creeps me out um yeah and i like some... i don't know it, it I, there's like those dandelions that are like bigger than the people oh, and that yeah. looks awesome like i don't know how they I did love, that i love the shot of it's it's like him it's him standing next to the demon near the giant dandelion it's right. just a very good shot yeah i don't know how they did that but it was cool yeah um, um i was gonna say looking at this movie as a whole it, it, like him in old age making mm-hmm. this movie about his own dreams and kind of reflecting on his life almost yeah um i was i was recently reading his biography mm-hmm. and a lot of it i don't know there's a lot of context that you can place to this movie with yeah. his life. I mean, he was he was alive, he living in Japan when the bombs dropped. Right. So the, I mean, there's a lot of he and there he has two dream segments about nuclear nuclear disasters and the fallouts of that and stuff, and that can be placed in the context of post war Japan. Yeah, it definitely feels like this is, like, Kurosawa's, like, most personal work, you know? And, I mean, obviously, because it's, like, his dreams or whatever. But it's just, like we were saying, and so look at, like, Psyche and kind of how he feels about the world and people and, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's both, very impressive. Both the good and the bad. Right, I mean, exactly. Yeah. And the other thing that I like about the demon one is how it ends with, like, just him kind of running into, like, this darkness, you know? Like, the, the yeah. hill that he's on never seems to end, and there's just this demon chasing after him. It's yeah. just very, very unsettling. <laughs> but I like I like the I like the last segment and how, like, peaceful it is, I you do. know? It, yeah. It's a great it, contrast. The movie, it, it kind of, it goes from peaceful, 
peaceful dreams and keeps ramping up and right. getting like a little darker and more twisted and creepy. And then it, it hits the peak with the very last one with the demons and everything. And then just completely drops off and is peaceful again with the last one. Yeah. And I like the last one as well. Just the fact that it's like a conversation and the village that they're at just looks gorgeous. Like, it, it looks apparently so that's a real place oh that's awesome yeah i need to <laughs> that's beautiful but i don't know just water mills in general just look so cool um yeah we need do. to bring back water mills in cinema uh but i don't know i it was a really cute one um just very kind yeah. of light not light but i don't know i i i appreciate how throughout this whole thing there's kind of a thing about obviously when he's a child to kind of this last one that deals with, like, an elder and, like, kind of his old age. Um, yeah. There's just a very, like, sense of, like, progressing as a person. You can see, like, Kurosawa doing that thematically through all these um, shorts yeah. that he's doing. And it's just, I don't know, it's a really cute ending, and I like the last shot yeah. a lot. Um, and even, like, when the credits start rolling, it makes you feel, like, happy inside. You're like, oh Yeah. That's cute. I'm, I'm a big fan of when when a director puts a lot of themselves and like the context of their life into a film absolutely i mean you know that all that jazz is like my favorite film ever right and that definitely does that with fossey but um this dreams does that so much with kurosawa it's absolutely his, his life and thoughts and philosophy are just poured into this film yeah absolutely now is this this uh this is a criterion movie right i think it's on yeah i think it's in the criterion oh that's good as it should as it should um i i think i I think most kurosawas are probably in the criterion yeah that makes sense they kind of just do that that makes sense but yeah i mean overall i'd say like honestly give this a shot um you know it's 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 on hoofla that's how i watched it um yeah it's like a library service um Oh, I'm familiar with, um, what's the other one? Uh, Canopy? uh, Canopy, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like that. I use Canopy a lot. Yeah, they're both free. Um, but I don't know. I'd recommend checking this out. It's, it's different and it's patient, but it's not, it's very rewarding in the end, you know? Like, there's a lot you can get out of it. Um, and the, the format of it is also helpful, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to watch this all in one sitting. You can. That'd probably be advised. It's not that long. It's like maybe two hours total. But yeah, I don't know. You can kind of like pause and kind of rest with a short after you see it. Or you can go yeah. knock them all it, it, at once. It is a bunch of short films, really. Right. I mean, you could just watch them separately. Right. It wouldn't It wouldn't be that much different. Right. But, but it helps to have the full picture, you know. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about it. But yeah. I don't have you ever heard of uh, the movie Quaidon? No, what's Quaidon? Um, I don't know. People compare it to Dreams a lot. No. It's by, um, you know, Harakiri, right? Yeah, Harakiri. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen that. It, it's by that guy. Um, what's his name? Kobayashi, I think. Okay, yeah. Hmm. It, it's very similar. It, it's another, um, it's an anthology. Yeah. Based on um, Japanese folklore and stuff. And so it's a four-part thing. Hmm. Cool. I, I'm a big, personally, I'm a bigger fan of Dreams, but a lot of people like Quaidon a lot. So. Hmm. I'll have to check that out. Then. Yeah. Anything else you want to add about Dreams? Um, I mean, we went through all of them. I think, I think I'm good on it. What would your <laughs> dreams look like, Eric? <laughs> a lot, 
sicker and twisted. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> Sick uh, and twisted. I am uh, very upset that Kurosawa didn't do one of uh, a boy going to school and everyone uh, pointing at him because he didn't have his pants on. Why wasn't that in the movie? <laughs> Kurosawa doesn't understand me. dreams. What a hack. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Doubt he ever had a dream in his life. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know what dreams are. Uh, I can't believe this guy. Um, yeah. You know, if you think about it, dreams is a lot like Inception. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of Nolan vibes out of this. Let me tell you. Oh, it, it, Blaine, if you had said that, I probably would have just like ended the call. Like, because <laughs> you like Nolan. <laughs> I do, I do, I do, and I'll, 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 I'll stand on that, uh, that <laughs> spot. But you know, I, I appreciate, I appreciate this movie. I do, I probably. Um, no, I really liked it. I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah. well, Aaron, thanks for coming on the pod, buddy. It's nice to have you. We'll yeah, have yeah. you back. You know, talking about something else, and then do another Japanese movie, probably. Um, I, I, I can choose something other than Japanese. Keep them coming, baby. Keep them coming. Uh. <laughs> But, you know, it's always a pleasure having you on. Yeah. I've Um, given you a lot of, like, weird, weird movie recommendations in the past. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) I don't think I've hated any of them. So, you know. The moment I do, we're not friends. That's how this works. Um, (laughs) Anytime somebody recommends me a movie I don't like, they're dead to me. No, I'm kidding. Um, Going going to recommend you like a Lars von Trier movie oh, even though I hate Lars von Trier I haven't seen any of his movies I don't want to I feel like I'm not gonna enjoy them but you know okay Blaine next podcast I'm on we're watching Antichrist oh boy no we're not doing that and I turned that down <laughs> Jesus Christ I hate but. it Antichrist is such a bad <laughs> I'm gonna be so upset I'm gonna be like yeah that, that's just gonna be a me of a podcast just like grumbling the whole time I'm gonna be like <laughs> yeah okay Next next podcast we watch Antichrist, Sallow, and a Serbian film. Oh my god! Back to back. Oh boy, <laughs> we'll just call it. I want to die pod. That's what it's going to be called. We're just not going. We're going to lose the world. Live live. Po- live on podcast, you blow your brains out. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be very sad. But you know what? Uh, we should do it. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to do it. No, we're not doing that. No, no, <laughs> hell no, never, never again. Um. But yeah, that'll do it for this podcast if you're still right. listening through this madness. Um, but, uh, right, exactly. <laughs> We're insane. Um, but thanks to you guys for listening. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you find your podcast link there. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back. Um, I'm trying to get these uh, next few Spider-Man podcasts out in the next few days, so keep an eye out for that. And we will see you later. Bye. All right, bye.